0: Love, talk, radio. Uh, good afternoon, whoever is around, and whoever might hear this in the near or distant future. Uh, this is Dr. Simon, and the show is called The Stories We Live By. Now, I'm usually on on Mondays at 4 o'clock when I do a show, and for reasons I don't understand, I put one on. I was going to discuss the, uh, the, the, the political Uh, uh, The political shenanigans, if you will. Hi, Marion. It's nice that you uh, are here today. Uh, I was going to discuss the political shenanigans around a couple of issues, but when I got to the show on Monday, I found that somehow it wasn't there, and it was too late to make a new show. So um, I'm going to save that for next week. I'll I'll re-enlist it, and then I'm going to be away for a few weeks. Um, And so... uh, Today, I I want to do an impromptu show uh, around something that made my blood boil this morning that really does relate to so much of the crap that I see going on in the United States right now. And and again, I I see this country, my country, sinking like a stone in a swamp of of stupidity, of lies, of greed. Um, I shouldn't start on on the... uh, Horrendous things going on on Wall Street, or how this economy is uh, 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 possibly going into a major depression that will take the world with it. Um, I, I don't want to do that. Uh, what I want what what I saw this morning, however, was on a show called The Today Show. Hi, Marion. And and the um, there was a discussion by another erstwhile doctor, an attractive woman, uh, who. Uh, was talking about the fact that most people can't stop smoking on their own, that they need a combination of psychotherapy and they need uh, some kind of drug therapy to help them. And I think I had mentioned earlier on another show uh, uh, an ad on television about somebody who was smoking, and she's sitting in a doctor's office, and she's saying... Uh, how terrible it is when she has to have a cigarette in the morning and she has to have another one at 10 o'clock and then at lunch she has to have one and uh, this is all awful because um, uh, she knows how bad it is for her and um, she's sitting in this doctor's office and the doctor comes out and as she does so the woman says and I know I have a nicotine addiction and it's time to see my doctor and at the end, there's a, a picture of uh, an ad of something, and it says, smoking is a treatable medical condition. Yeah, well, I don't think, if God forbid I had cancer, um, I could can talk it away. I need help. I can't cure my own cancer. Um, I think I could do a lot to prevent cancer, but I think there are certain times you really need help. And this business, you can't is juxtaposed by a constant bombardment on the happy shows, the more unhappy shows on television, that tells you you can do anything you want. So here you have this, this juxtaposition. You can do anything you want, which is bullshit. You can't do everything you want. I can't fly. Um, I, 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 I can't turn back the clock and be 67 next year instead of 69. Can't do any of that. But I'm constantly told, on the other hand, that I need an expert to run my life, experts, politicians who keep secrets from us because we're not somehow smart enough uh, to get the information, uh, experts who run the economy into the goddamn ground as they uh, satisfy their own greedy needs, and expert doctors who tell us we can't stop smoking or go off drugs uh, and, and we need all kinds of expensive therapy, etc. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between the words I won't and I can't, and I wouldn't and I couldn't. And this was something that became a major issue for me as a teacher and as a therapist. Anybody who works with people is constantly hearing, I can't. Sometimes you hear, I won't. And what's interesting is that the... the, the, the uh, two words very often get substituted from one another as a means of a self-defense. Sometimes people won't quit smoking; they don't want to. Uh, deep down, no matter what the doctors tell them, what the evidence is that it's harmful to them, they want to keep smoking. And again, I'm going to talk about my own. Uh, I smoked for about 11 years, and if they, I, I said then I gave up smoking in 1966. Uh, When my wife announced she was pregnant with my son, my father had been a very heavy smoker. He had uh, three heart attacks and died by the time he was 40, and uh, I then stopped smoking. And it was a difficult thing to do, but my father really didn't know how bad smoking was for him back in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, that evidence wasn't there. The drug, By the way, the, the tobacco companies knew, a lot of doctors knew, but nothing got put together. Uh, back in 1947, when he had his first heart attack, the doctors immediately said, stop smoking. So they knew, or well, this doctor somehow knew, that smoking was, was not a good thing for you. Uh, I imagine when people had lung cancer, when they smoked and surgeons opened them up uh, to see what they could do, they would see that the lungs of the smoker didn't look anywhere remotely like the lungs of a non-smoker, uh, providing that they're living in, a, uh, in an area that the air is not uh, so polluted it's as, as if they're smoking. So I stopped smoking, and it was, it was very difficult for me to do. One of the reasons it was difficult, and I imagine it was uh, difficult because there's a nicotine addiction involved, Uh, I imagine that, but I don't know how long the nicotine takes to get out of your body. I don't think the half-life of nicotine is particularly uh, a long time. Probably within a week, I was nicotine-free. But I suffered for four or five months uh, from missing my cigarettes because they were my friend. They were a source of comfort. Uh, They were a source of social uh, uh, reinforcement. Uh, I loved my first cigarette in the morning, With a cup of coffee, I loved my last cigarette before I went to sleep, driving in a car, uh, it gave me something to do. I could think of a dozen reasons why I enjoyed smoking, and it became what we call a habit. That it turned out to be a bad habit didn't nonetheless mean it wasn't a habit. It wasn't an illness, right? Uh, What I wanted to do was to stop smoking long before that, but I would start to miss my cigarettes, I would get upset, and I would say, I can't do it. Bullshit. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to admit that I didn't want to do it. And and that's where so much of the issue involves. Now, I used to have students all the time who would tell me, I can't do it. And what was interesting is they never tried. They never really made a good-faith attempt to learn the subject, or, or take a math course that was required for them to get a degree that would be a hell of a lot more valuable than if they didn't take the math course. I can't do it. Right? Try it. No, I can't do it. The truth is, under those circumstances, you won't do it. Now, sometimes people would say, I won't do it. I won't take a lesson. I won't do this, because they're afraid they can't, right? Or they have tried secretly, and, and somehow they understand that something is more difficult than they're able to uh, carry out. They really have tried. Uh, so that the one will be used in lieu of the other. I can't, and I won't. When I gave up smoking, it was 1966, and it was interesting, a little history of this, because I lived through it, and I'm sure most of my listeners are too young to remember this. It was in 1961 that Reader's Digest, which then I think had a much bigger readership than it had now, published material by a Dr. Hammond, John Hammond, on how uh, cigarettes were involved with heart disease and lung cancer. The drug companies immediately, and this went on for 20 years, said, no, we don't have the evidence, we have to study it more. But by the time 1964, 65 came around, anybody with any sense whatsoever knew that cigarettes uh, were, as they were being referred to, as coffin nails. And it was interesting, but people would justify smoking. Well, my my, uh, grandfather smoked and he lived to be 94. He died when he was hit by a bus. People would believe that their genetics could protect them, and maybe they could. Uh, not everybody who smoked did die. The enemies of smoking you know, lie almost as much as the friends of smoking. It'll kill you. you know, it kills kill some people. It doesn't kill others. You want to play Russian roulette? You can do that. It's your life, and I think you can decide to do with it anything that you wish. The problem was that millions of people, not the problem, the millions of people gave it up with me. More and more people began to recognize that this was no good. And none of us did anything more than suffer a month or two or something to give it up. It was a choice. It was a choice. It was not a cure. It was not a treatment. None of us required treatment. None of us ever dreamed we would need drugs or long-term psychotherapy. We just suffered. Um... About a few months into uh, uh, my uh, smoking, my wife was now with a big belly. She was giving birth soon, and I said something. I was really uh, like a a, a baby. I want my smoke, and I said something stupid like, if I can't smoke, I don't want to live. And she threw, she was eating an orange with a knife, and she threw the orange, the plate, and the knife at me, saying to me, "Uh, you're about to become a father, and you can't live without smoking. And that was good. I think my wife has always been good for me that way. It put things in perspective, and I shut up. And then I stopped dreaming about it. It took about four months, five months. And then I woke up one morning, and I was no longer a smoker, not smoking, but I was a non-smoker. And a couple of years later, I couldn't even imagine that I ever did smoke. As important as it was, I had reorganized my life around non-smoking, right? I stopped, if I had a drink, my hand would stop going to my pocket to find my cigarettes, uh, because there are times when, when uh, I would smoke much more than at other times. Uh, and I remember once walking into a luncheonette and ordering a 7-Up. was a very hot day, and I had the 7-Up, and I remember how wonderful it tasted, because I realized that when you smoke, it shuts down a lot of your taste buds and it it damages the uh, nasal passages, so you can't smell. And a lot of the taste of food comes from the smell of the food, the odor of the food. Uh, And it became easier and easier over time. What was interesting is that in the few years after uh, the 60s, late 60s, 80% of the American public were smokers and then went to 20%. I don't know, 40 million, 50 million people gave up smoking and gave it up um, uh, without therapy, without help. I don't know how many fetched and how many didn't. Um, Most people weren't even addicted at all. uh, My wife, and I've heard many stories like this, many women, they got pregnant, they didn't smoke. They knew that the smoking could affect their infant, so they didn't smoke for nine months. The minute they found out that they were pregnant, or planned to get pregnant, they stopped smoking. And my wife never suffered. And then she went back after my first, she smoked again, and after the second, I think it was after the second, she threw the cigarettes away and never once ever said anything about it and never once went back to the smoking. This is true. This business of of wanting to stop and making a choice is true of any kind of so-called addiction. I've talked about this before. There's no such thing as an addiction. None of this is sickness. These are choices we make. Smoking is something you do. It is not an illness that you have. Therefore, it's not treatable, and it shouldn't be treated. And the overall stupidity of this and the danger of it is that we're constantly being told we can do anything we want, which is a lie, but we can do nothing without the experts. And the experts are getting rich on us, and they're making a fortune, and they're multiplying like rabbits. And more and more people are smoking, and more and more people are involved in addiction, and, and using drugs of all kinds that are no good for them, because life becomes really difficult and meaningless if you walk around saying, I can't. If you really believe that there's something defective about you, And for those of you who are following my show, you know this is a constant theme. Those who would want to control us want to convince us that we're defective, morally defective, intellectually defective, genetically defective, biologically defective, but defective in some way that we can't live without this kind of doctor or this kind of expert or this kind of politician or whatever. We're constantly being told by these experts, by these people who grow fat and rich on our stupidity and our, our inability to understand that uh, there are things we need help with, but things that are choices that we make. Again, I don't think it's easy to stop smoking. It gave me a very big appreciation for those who became uh, um, involved with heroin or or, uh, cocaine or drugs that had a bigger kick than smoking uh, or alcohol, which has a very big kick. There are people who choose. And why do they choose? They choose because there's nothing in their life to compensate for either the reduction in pain that these drugs bring about or the pleasure that they bring about. it's interesting that many of these drugs uh, that initially bring pleasure stop bringing pleasure. All they bring about is a cessation of the pain involved in the withdrawal or missing the drug. Are there physical withdrawal symptoms for many drugs? Yes, there are. Does that mean uh, that that's a sickness or an illness? Giving up most pleasures involves a withdrawal giving up many of the things we depend upon involves withdrawal. Going on a diet involves withdrawal. So that, yes, it's difficult, but we're made to adapt. That's how we evolved. And we are now re-evolving ourselves socially into individuals that are just helpless, empty creatures who have to be, be coddled Who have to be convinced that you can do it only with my help? When in fact, most of the time, when we say "well, we couldn't," we really meant we wouldn't. And uh, when we say "I can't," it involves saying "I won't." And I guess that's enough of my rant for today. Um, uh, uh, For those of you who want to know how to stop smoking, I'll tell you how to stop smoking: throw away the cigarettes. And don't buy another pack. If you want to cry, if you want to beat up your pillow, you want to rant and rave, you want to feel sorry for yourself, do it. You're suffering. Don't let anybody ever convince you, I don't think, for most of us, that if you don't do some kind of suffering for the things that are important, for the important choices in life, when you can't have what you want or have what you need, Uh, I don't think that if you can't suffer, uh, that you'll ever break the so-called habit of smoking. And that is something that's disappearing from the education of children. No one should suffer. Now, please, don't get me wrong. No one should suffer needlessly. And I don't think anybody should set up their life so that they have to suffer. I'm not big on masochism. I'm not big on looking for suffering. I like to be happy. I like to be comfortable. But real freedom involves choices, and those choices sometimes mean that before I get to my goal, my long-term goals, I'm going to have to work hard, and I'm going to have to do some suffering. Uh, everything has to be done on the immediate. This country, uh, it, it's, if you can't afford it, don't save for it, buy it on the margin. Right? How many people are now living in houses that are going under, that they have to lose their homes? and go deal with unbearable pain and shame and guilt because they wanted a house, and some some shyster broker told them they could have this uh, uh, for uh, uh, forever and ever or some long period of time on uh, very low interest rates, lower than anybody else was paying. And I think you have to remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't. and and convince themselves they're going to be able to do this um, uh, because somehow magically things will work out. Um, We're being turned into these kinds of, of infants. We're not growing up. And to me, part of growing up is to be able to suffer for your cause, and suffer for your creativity, and do the kind of necessary suffering that involves the struggle to become much better at something or much better as a person. So, uh, you want to stop smoking? If you've been smoking a long time, you're going to miss it. You're going to feel bad about it. Shut up and do it. Therapy is not going to help. Magical potions are not going to help, and all of these drugs are magical potions. But they're magical potions with bad side effects. Bad, bad side effects in all of these so-called drugs that they're going to give you. They will give you all kinds of drugs. And if it's a nicotine addiction, why would they give you a nicotine patch? So I think I've covered what I want to cover. I know I have nine minutes if anybody would like to call in and have a discussion on this. Um, Well, a couple more ideas and I'll stop. I'm hoping that someday we'll give up all of our addictions, our addiction to God, our addiction to magical creatures that are going to bring us what we want when in fact uh, we can't have what we want. Um, Because the danger here always is we will believe we can't do it and therefore we won't do it. And we will not get anywhere. We, you know, there's one more story I have to tell you. A student came to me once in tears. Uh, she had spoken to a colleague of mine, someone I stopped talking to many years ago because of this and other incidents. But, and he had, she had said to him, I'd like to become a doctor. And he said to her, it's too late, you can't be a doctor. And in all probability, given her grades, uh, it would have been very difficult for her to get into medical school. But in the recent years, she had changed her attitude, had started to study, and while she might not have been able to get into medical school, nobody really knew that for sure.
1: And I said to her,
0: nobody knows what you can or can't do in the future. Nobody can read the future. I agree it may be difficult for you to get into medical school, but who knows what your life will be if you pursue that. Now, at that moment, I had one thing in mind, she had another. Hers was, I have to get into medical school, I want to be a doctor. I believe that if she struggled towards being a doctor, even if she didn't make it, she'd be in a very different position than she was now. She was going to have to take a lot of science courses. She was going to have to do all the pre-med courses. She would have to change her major from some kind of you know, uh, liberal arts to real science courses. And she did. And a few years later came back and visited me to tell me that she was now a radiological oncologist, that she won't be a doctor. But all of her struggles did put her in the position to become an advanced technician and part of the medical field. She was making good money with good benefits, health insurance, had married uh, married somebody she never would have met had she not gone from, I can't, or you shouldn't, you couldn't, to, I can, and I'm going to do this as hard as I can. Her life became a better life. And I wonder how many millions there are out there whose lives will be less than they would be because they accept the expert's advice, you can't do this on your own. And rather than try and end up in a place much different than they were when they started, even if it's not where they wanted to be to begin with, that would their life would still be much much better. So I think that's enough. I will say uh, good night. Uh, next week I, I'm going to try to do my show Monday. Although I'm packing for a nice trip, I'm going to be going to Europe, uh, if all is well, and uh, going on a cruise and seeing places and things I've always wanted to see. And uh, I will, if I, I'll say goodbye Monday for a while. Otherwise, I'm saying goodbye today. And again, anybody who wants to call, okay, good night. Have a wonderful evening. And uh, I will be talking to you soon.